Hello, and welcome to Red Beans and Advice, a production of Sheck Snyder Wealth Advisors. My name is Katie Hain, an account executive. My name is Jesse Duhon. I'm a financial advisor. My name is Nolan Sheck Snyder. I'm the founder and senior financial advisor. Welcome to the Red Beans and Advice podcast. This is, depending on how you look at it, the first episode with any content or episode two. Given that we've had an intro already, today is, what's today, guys? June 3rd. I was going to say Tuesday. Yeah. But it's not. Neither one would have been <laughs> correct. It's Wednesday, June 3rd as we record this. What's been new in everybody's life? It's been about a month since we recorded the intro. Now we're ready to go. I can speak for myself. I have a son, baby Claude. He's a month old now. I got to get a, a good at remembering this. This would have been a month. May 2nd. Day. Yeah, May 2nd he was born. And he's a big eater, so this kid has already passed up his baby bottle. He's on to a toddler bottle, and uh, he's a big chunk. What was his size at birth? He was eight, five, eight pounds, five ounces. And the last we checked, which is it's hard to weigh a baby. That's the thing. It's not like they don't a, just put him in like a bucket. They do, but at home I don't have like a baby weighing bucket. Oh, so true. I best I've done is I step on the scale, which is depressing, <laughs> and then I hold the baby. And hopefully that's the true difference. So it seems like he's gaining weight. I think he's about 10 pounds already right now. Well, it's either you or him. So. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. Right, exactly. We're just going to hope He could have lost weight. The baby could have lost weight. <laughs> that's right. It comes at you fast. So, but no, that's what's new with me. What's new with you guys? I ventured out to Dallas on an airplane. That was a new experience uh, since the pandemic. It was a lot smoother than a normal flight. Less people at the airport. Social distancing all around. Flight was faster than normal, and luggage was faster than normal. We had a great time visiting my daughter and son-in-law, and that's about it. Back to work when we got back. Yeah, some might say it's better now to travel because less headache. That's correct. (laughs) Um, Nothing too much with me, really. I've just been working and here, and I don't know what's... (laughs) Yeah, I've been, I think, the least changed out of all of y'all. Been going on with COVID. COVID. Uh, well, let's get into the, today's topic. Today, for a starter, we're going to start with Roth IRAs. This is a big topic. Why did we start with Roth IRAs, you might think? I've said this to clients before, especially people who just want to know. People come at you and they want to know things about investing and they don't know which questions to ask. They don't really know how to think about uh, what's the first sort of categories to go through. An exercise I have uh, with people who are either just starting out or if they're trying to figure out, looking at last year, what's the best thing to do with their money. A lot of times I'll say, start with a Roth IRA and tell me why you shouldn't invest in a Roth IRA. It's a good exercise because there's so many advantages to it, which we'll go over throughout this podcast. Um, and there may be reasons why you don't do a Roth. Those will come up for sure. But I think about it a lot, like whenever, for instance, I told you earlier, I've got a newborn baby named Claude. I also have a two and a half year old named Perry Jane. And she's going through this thing right now, a big learning phase. She's starting to talk. She wants to know all kinds of things. And here's how she learns things. She's bright, so she knows enough to know that she wants to know something else. She'll say, I want that cup. No, wait, I want this cup. I want to watch this show. No, I don't like that show. I want to watch this show. I don't like those shoes. These shoes are too tight. It's always jumping to the next thing 
because she wants to get the best thing, right? So she's constantly just asking questions, trying to get to the best one. That's how your mind should work somewhat, but try to control it when you're trying to figure out where you're going to put your investment dollars. You should be going through, well, that sounds pretty good. Maybe I'll do that, but hold up. Look at this Roth IRA. Maybe I want tax-free growth. Maybe that's a good thing. So try to focus, try to, try to channel your inner two-year-old whenever you're looking at investment options because you're going to have to uncover a lot of rocks to figure out what's right for you. Our mantra at this firm is clear answers to complex questions. We hope that's what you get out of this episode. So we're going to get right into it and start talking about Roth IRAs. We're going to start with our founder, Mr. Nolan Schecksnyder, and he's going to tell us a little bit about some of the tax considerations you might have when dealing with a Roth. A little history to start off with. Roth IRA started in 1997. It's named after Senator William Roth, who was a, the gentleman that proposed it. I'm going to try to point out the tax ramifications and benefits of a Roth. Through Forbes magazine, we found four of them, and then we thought through a few other items. First item is tax-free growth. Very simply, the government does not get a percentage of any future growth of the investment. If you were to prioritize the benefits of investments, tax-free is the best, tax-deferred is the second best, and taxable is the least beneficial of the types of growth you could have. Second benefit would be you are allowed to have access uh, to some funds tax-free after five years. Third benefit would be it can allow you to lower your income taxes in retirement. Fourth benefit would be there are no required minimum distributions. A few other things that you could consider, because the distributions are generally not taxable, it will allow you to control the tax impacts of distributions both pre- and post-retirement. If you take money out of a Roth IRA, the distributions first come from the contributions, essentially kind of a return of capital, and then you receive earnings. Another benefit of a Roth IRA is for legacy planning purposes. If you leave heirs a traditional IRA, they will be taxed on the benefits when they liquidate them. Uh, people receiving Roth IRAs will inherit everything tax-free. So you will pass a larger equivalent dollar amount if the government doesn't get any percentage of it. Just like any other type of tax law or investment vehicle, there are some negatives to Roth IRAs. First negative is there's a five-year holding period before you can take withdrawals. If the withdrawal occurs before five years, you have pay both income tax and a 10% penalty on earnings. If you're under 59 and a half, you kind of want to put it away and forget it. There are income limits that will prevent some individuals from being able to make contributions into Roth IRAs. Yeah, no, what, one other thing, and we were kind of talking about this earlier, from a tax perspective, I feel like every time somebody's trying to figure out, okay, do I want to do a Roth IRA? Not that we're going to get too far into the subject. What's the main difference between a Roth and a traditional? A traditional is going to give people a tax break for putting the money in. They don't get that tax break for putting money in the Roth, do they? Right. There's a tax deduction for a traditional IRA. There is no tax deduction for a Roth IRA. Essentially, that means you're paying tax at the time you make the contribution. Mm -hmm. 
in a traditional IRA, you're paying tax when you actually take the money out and spend it. Right, right. So they share the name IRA and that they're both going to grow with some type of tax advantage, but they're very different in how that money gets in there, as Nolan just uh, described to us. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to listen to Katie and I tell you a little bit more about Roth IRAs. Okay, welcome back. We're going to continue our conversation about Roth IRAs. We're going to go to Katie Haynes. She's going to tell us a little bit about Roth IRAs and some advantages that may be specific to the younger segment of clientele. The main reason why we say Roths are good for young people is because of time. We have so much time to be invested into the market and to contribute into your Roth IRA that you just let it sit there and accumulate. And yes, you want to look at it. You want to make sure it's doing what you want, but you also just kind of want to, like they said before, set it and leave it and just let it grow into your nest egg. And also what we call is the rule of 72. Essentially, that just says the estimate of number of years that require to double your money at a given rate of return. So let's take longevity and that rule of 72 and let's do like a quick little case study. So let's say that we have $6,000 now versus later. Well, a lot of people my age have difficulty seeing the future and seeing what that 6000 could be in the future versus... I want to go buy this sweet $6,000 TV. So if we do that, right now I could buy a $6,000, let's say 75 inch fully loaded TV. This thing's a beauty. And I can have that for several years, get a lot of use out of it. Or if I think to the future, like we all should be doing, and I invest that into my Roth, and we're going to say it gets an assumed rate of return of 6%, and we'll say it's invested for 43 years. Well, the rule of 72 says it will take about 12 years for the money to double, which means the money's going to double about three and a half times. That's going to result in about $72,000 at the age of 70. So if you think about it, do you want a $6,000 fully loaded 75 inch TV right now? Or do you want that $6,000 to be worth roughly $72,000 in the future? And this is just one time contribution of $6,000. So I would say, what do y'all, what would y'all say being financial advisors? Would y'all say 6,000 now or 6,000 later? Yeah, I just watched some videos on my phone, I believe, and leave that TV in the shop. <laughs> the TV in the shop. <laughs> you gotta get that money in the <laughs> Okay, so if you bought the TV, arguably the TV really cost you $72,000 rather than six. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. That's a good time <laughs> value of money right there that here's this little, what you think is a not that expensive TV, though that's kind of an expensive TV, mm -hmm. and you're giving up what it could be in the future, which is possibly $72,000, which is a portion of your retirement income. Right. And I asked Nolan a question earlier about choosing between taking the type of IRA where you get a tax deduction versus doing this Roth where maybe you don't get the tax deduction, but then you get these great tax-free growth benefits. When you're younger, you may you you have some points that you wanted to get to saying specifically it's for younger people. Younger people tend to make less money, right, Katie, than as they age. Right, right. So typically I'm gonna be in a lower tax bracket as of right now versus 10, 15 years from now. Mm -hmm. And so why not pay the taxes now, get rid of it and just let it grow 
and do its thing. And when I'm old, guess what? I get to pull out the money with what I put in, plus all the earnings it's made. And Uncle Sam gets nothing of it. So I think you can see the advantage and sort of the scale and why it's a good idea for a lot of folks. Obviously, anybody would like tax-free growth. But you might be able to understand why, especially for young people, all that time on their side. Uh, if you're younger and you're listening to this, or maybe you've got some kids and you're trying to give them some good advice, please get with us or get with somebody and talk about a Roth IRA. It's something they really need to consider. All right. And then now I'm going to get into some topics here and just sort of talk about some things maybe we didn't touch on. One of the timely things, especially in 2020, we have the CARES Act, right? The CARES Act is a piece of legislation that came out. You are probably familiar with it. I bet you heard about it. I bet you saw these stimulus checks going to either you or your neighbors. And they came in the form of either a direct deposit. And if you didn't have a direct deposit set up when you did your taxes, you might have sweated it out for a little bit. But eventually this little card came in the mail if you were eligible for a stimulus payment. The reason I bring that up is because the guidelines that say who can contribute to a Roth almost match identically the guidelines for who got the stimulus money. The CARES Act sent money out to any single filing taxpayers that made up to $136,500. If you're a single filing taxpayer, you can make up to $139,000 and still contribute though maybe even in a limited fashion to a Roth IRA. If you're joint and you made all the way up to $198,000 as a household, you should have gotten some stimulus money. And if you file jointly considering Roth IRA contributions for you and your spouse, you can do, you can make all the way up to 206,000. So so just know that if you or somebody you know did get some stimulus money, it's not all that mystical. You're probably in the same category of folks who are eligible to contribute to a Roth IRA. So it's something you should consider. Something that we went over as a hot topic with clients, people wanted to know, hey, the market was going down earlier. What's some things I should be looking at? What's some strategies I should be looking at to take advantage of this? And one of the first things we said, not with regards to investments or, or picking a specific investment, but what we said is, hey, it's probably a good time to at least consider a Roth conversion. Go look at your traditional IRA balances, your deferred retirement account balances, and at least think about what a Roth conversion can do for you. And the real simple version, there are considerations you're going to have to get with someone who does your taxes, your accountant or your advisor uh, before you embark on actually doing a Roth conversion. But the simplified version of it is that you're going to pay the taxes due on your deferred retirement investments right now and get them into a Roth IRA. That was specifically a good idea if your balance was much lower, because if you think about it, uh, the shares were valued lower earlier this spring. You could have moved them into a Roth, pay the taxes at that current value. When the values come back, you're not gonna pay taxes on that ever again. Regardless of market performance and what the values look like this year, the other things to consider about a Roth IRA conversion would be the historical tax brackets and where we are today. Um, if you look at any chart that shows where our tax brackets are now and where they have been historically, Nolan can sort of talk to this a little bit, but they these are some of the lowest tax percentages 
anyone's faced in the history of income tax in the United States, except for right when it began, when it right. was what, Nolan? It was temporary tax in 1913, and it was, I think, 2%. We take that deal cool. if we can get it. Right. But I would say for the last 60 to 70 years, this is the lowest tax brackets have been. Right. So it's a good time to take advantage of it because they probably are more likely to go up than go down in the future. Yeah. If you believe in patterns at all and you look at where they are, you can see that this is lower than where it's been, and it's probably going to get higher. One of the other things, good. Sorry. The, the other thing I was going to say is that frequently had the question, well, if I do this and to try to take advantage of tax-free growth, suppose they change the tax law two, five, ten years from now, what does that do to my investment? There's a long history of tax law changes. There are changes virtually every year, and every tax law change is prospectively, not retroactively, meaning the changes from the date of enactment going forward, but anything you did prior to the enactment of a change is maintained under the prior law, meaning if you put money in a Roth IRA today, it will be free no matter what happens to tax laws in the future. Right. Okay, and then I've got two more points to make about a Roth. One of them is, I pause on calling it a strategy, but it is a flexibility within the Roth IRAs that you need to know about uh, that's an advantage. Okay, so if you invest money in a Roth IRA, let's say you're 30 years old and you make a $6,000 Roth contribution, good for you. That $6,000 is in there. I'll get to what you can invest it in in a second. But let's just say whatever you picked has grown over the course of a few years. And now your $6,000 is worth $8,000. Something comes up, maybe an emergency, and you don't have the liquid money set aside uh, that maybe you planned on having. And you need to come to this Roth IRA to take money out. The Roth IRA allows you at any time to take out the money that you contributed to the Roth IRA without any taxes or penalties due on it. This seems sort of like a glitch in your favor, but it is what it is. You can take the money out that you put in. If there has been growth on the Roth IRA, and in my example, I had you starting with six, and then you got to $8,000. If you took out your $6,000 contribution, the $2,000 that you had in earnings can, make, can stay in the Roth, and all earnings on those earnings will continue to grow tax-free. Okay, So that only works with your contributions, but it does work that way. So maybe another advantage to folks who are just starting and they want to put things aside and the future is a little uncertain. It lends them that flexibility. The other point I want to make about Roths is the investment selection inside of a Roth because it's common. It's a common misconception when people come to sit down with this. They say, hey, I want to invest in that Roth IRAs as if it's as if that is the whole idea. Like, yeah, just give me one of those Roth IRAs over there. I'll take it. That's not, that's not quite how it works. A Roth, some people will say, use the word a bucket. Some people use the word an envelope, but it is sort of this container, right? It's a specifically designed tax-free growth container, but you have to decide what the investment's going to be inside of there. What's going to make the growth happen? And that's why we're using all these hypothetical numbers. So what can you choose from? You can choose from mutual funds, stocks and bonds. You can choose annuities. You can choose bank CDs. You can choose most things that would probably come to mind as a potential investment anyhow. Commonly, we do things either inside of brokerage accounts or directly with a specific investment company. The real beauty of the Ross is that no matter what your choice is, 
And no matter what the underlying tax implications might have been for that investment, what you're going to get out of it is tax-free growth. Okay? It's a huge benefit. I hope we made some good points for you on Roth IRAs and at least piqued some curiosity. Uh, anything else you guys have to add? Most of our examples have used $6,000, which is the maximum amount younger people can use. You are not required to put in $6,000. You could put in $3,000 or any other amount. We use $6,000 to encourage people to make the maximum they were eligible to make. Right. And if you're over 50, they give you another $1,000. So some folks can do $7,000. And actually, some of you may be listening to this and and you see a Roth option inside of your 401k or your work-based retirement plan, that's great. It, the, the tax advantages are going to be the same, okay? But when you see that word Roth, the thing that all of these Roth vehicles have in common is that the growth is tax-free, okay? That's it for us today. We hope you enjoyed this episode on Roth IRAs. Our goal is to provide you clear answers to life's complex questions. If you have more questions about Roth IRAs or really anything, you can call us at the office, 985-652-2877. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, or if you would like to connect with us, visit checkswealth.com. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Securities offered through Satera Financial Specialist, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Satera Investment Advisors, LLC. Satera entities are under separate ownership from any other named entity. 